Dude, I have one plant, and I love that fucking thing. Dude. Love, love it. I love him. We it's call a weird thing. I, I love plant. I love our plants. I love our plants. Like he's a. We call him the plant boy. <laughs> Your plant is called the plant boy. Yeah. Yes. And he literally texts me, "Did you feed the plant boy?" And I'll say yes. And then we'll be sitting on the couch, and I'll look at him, and I'll go, "Dude, look at that boy. He's a good boy, the plant boy." Welcome back to Oops the Podcast. All right, lots to unpack here. I got something for you, please, Julio. Julio, I don't know. Where you came up with that idea? Dude, this guy was a huge turkey. What is this, Japan? Which is yeah. one of the reasons why I hadn't told you about it. No, and I also just assumed you were saving it for the pod if you were going to tell me. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course you were. Oh, but. yeah. We're back. Oops, the podcast here. I'm Francis. He's Julio. Oh, yeah. And we're talking about India. Oh, we are. And how we would uh, probably do well over there. Yeah, yeah. We've heard financially. That- there's a, a, a you can afford a really fancy lifestyle for not that much money. That's right. I'm told, as I was just saying to you, that people of middle class means typically have tremendous support staffs. Uh, you know, four to five, if not seven, full time staff people who just work at their house, at their home, for them, for a, a small small fees. Yeah, yeah. And that, because uh, I have a friend who, you know, she's, her family's from India, but she grew up in America. And that when her grandparents come over here, they give the, their, her grandparents give them crap for not having chefs. Wow. I and love that. They think they're just being, you know, cheap. Dude, it's so bougie. It's like, I'm not sure if you're aware, but a chef here is a lot more expensive than a chef I'm just, I'm assuming in India. They they grew up in Calcutta. Nice. Um but dude, I was thinking about that. You know, it's like, all right, well, could we move there to India? Yeah, like we maybe could, dude. There's a big comedy scene there too. Yeah. <laughs> what would we do there? What could we do? Could we I don't know much about acquiring citizenship and maybe it wouldn't even matter. Would we just be able to recycle visas from now until we die maybe like they'd be receptive to us coming and attempting to continue what we're doing that might be giving ourselves too much i think that's a little white privy no no i don't mean i don't mean white privy i mean like you know these like entertainers wanting to relocate to india could we get a genius you think we could get a genius visa maybe Uh, an alien of extraordinary ability perhaps do you think we possess extraordinary ability It depends where we're going. Do you think that ability translates uh, over there the same way that money does, where like less ability means a lot more over there? I just think the specifics (laughs) of our ability is the is the interesting part. Our ability is worth ten times over there what it is over here. No, this reverse commute of ability, like you know what I mean. Like (laughs) it's not even that we're that able; it's that we are so unique for wanting to take on such a thing and setting this example. That makes the, maybe them look good. Like, look, people are moving to India to live a better life. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's we an make interesting. Make us poster children. That's a pretty good point. We could be the Lewis and Clark of India, exactly. of of American <laughs> ability in India. We could be that. Dude, it's like in the Korean War, they used to like uh, try to tempt American soldiers to defect to North Korea, and they would kind of like show all this propaganda and stuff, and it worked. There's a, guys, there's a great documentary. I need to figure out what it's called. But it's about these people who defected, American soldiers who defected and became North Koreans. 
Mm. Did we talk about this before? No, we haven't, but I can hear Ryan's fingers hear flying fingers. across the keyboard, which makes me think we're going to have an answer at the end of the episode. <laughs> but dude, listen how interesting this arc is. So they move, they do it, they defect. And now they live in North Korea and they're like, oh man, we maybe bit off a little more than we can chew here. People don't really like us. This is kind of weird. So what ends up happening? Kim Jong-il, the son of Kim Il-sung and father of King Jong-un, uh, they they commissioned him to make like a thirty part uh, dramatized version of the history of North Korea, mm. and they needed American people to play the bad guys in these movies. Wow! So they cast these. These are the only guys they had. They cast all of them, and they all became mega celebrities. Oh my god! And then were elevated to like the highest status in the country and live there, raised families. Like, there's a whole thing about it. It's amazing. That's terrific. It's really interesting. That is terrific. And hearing the guys, the guys' sons look like you, and they have a Korean accent. It shows them learning English, and it's fucking insane. Like I've wow. never, yeah, dude, I would do an impression of it, but I would get canceled. Are you saying? Are you saying that the the American soldiers who defected their sons looked like me? Correct. Did they have North Korean wives? I forget. Like the guys might be half, or I think the one guy had a son with. He brought his wife. I, I, I don't remember the specifics, but they look like you. I forget, They might be half Asian. They might not be. I don't fully remember. I don't know too many half Asians that look like me, but that's okay. I, but, but dude, just, you'll see. They don't look exactly like you, but my point is they don't look Asian at all. Mm. And they have, they're struggling to like speak with a non-Korean mm, accent. That's interesting. English. That is interesting. Now, let, let me ask you this, right? We obviously look poorly upon people who defect from our armed services to the countries we're fighting against. Mm-hmm. But it's one thing to defect and immediately start drawing up the blueprints for how to, you know, create some sort of anti-aircraft missile that would take down American planes and sell right. secrets right. to the enemy. Right. But if you're just defecting to become a movie star <laughs> in like low budget Korean propaganda films, <laughs> can you really blame those people? Like I I know I feel like I feel like that's not so bad. He sort the guy sort of makes that point. The main guy is kind of like, dude, I'm a loser at home, and yeah. here I'm the man. Like this is great. He yeah, goes, and he starts being like, I love the great leader, dude. Wow. It's crazy. Okay. So he really drank the Kool Aid. He uh, yeah, he eventually started to really drink that. Kool-Aid. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I don't know. I'm not sure how I how much I feel negatively about him doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear stories about. Sometimes these, these, oh man, there was a guy who I think went to uh, the jungles of Brazil. Uh, there was, you know, <laughs> um, Ford, the guy who founded Ford. Henry Ford? Henry Ford was, uh, you know, in the 1927, he wanted to own the means of production completely for his cars. Um, Obviously, the Model T was the most purchased car on Earth. And then they I think they started making the Model A after that. And rubber tires were a major hurdle for them because there was no rubber in America. You can't grow rubber in America. It grows on trees. And it needs a very uh, jungle, kind of tropical climate. And so they were sourcing their rubber from brazil but i'm pretty sure the government of brazil was constantly experiencing uh revolutions and it was very hard to seal the deal and have a consistent supply of Get rubber that rubber over there baby and so he bought up 
I think, you know, thousands of acres of jungle in Brazil and then tried to build a town there of Americans that was supposed to be sort of like this Pleasantville type model town that he would send American workers over there with their families, build schools, and they would live there and they would produce and then ship rubber back to America. Of course, it failed spectacularly for a couple of reasons. One being, they had no sense of sort of the, uh, of the, you know, how to actually grow the trees. And by chopping some down and not planting them correctly, they immediately introduced a ton of uh, parasitic species. Invasive like, species. Invasive species that destroyed everything. No way. Wait, so just and by the locals chopping down hated trees? Them. Yeah, because it had something to do with like the trees. They 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 needed to be close together in order to the shade. What was was what was uh, preventing these invasive species from growing? And as soon as they started chopping trees down and planting oh. them too far apart, the sunlight actually. I think that's correct. Something like that. Um, and then, and I might be mixing stories here, but I'm I think. There was a guy who was sort of like the leader of the whole town, and he just like walked off the reservation one day <laughs> and fell in. I think he had, I think, oh no, I am mixing stories. This is a slightly different story. <laughs> These are story, two but, stories combined. Yeah, I love that. Same, same ilk. There was a guy who had flown, who had made a flight from America down to South America, and it was the first trans-South uh, American flight. Got you know, because they'd conquered the Euro- the, the trans European flight. From- so the European flight was first. Lindbergh did that. And that was before anyone tried to fly to South America. Yeah, and I think it's wow. I think it's farther to South America. I think you cross more water. I could be wrong about that. To, to get to like it, Brazil. Okay. It, uh, it, it could be. Could I don't be. know. It could be to to like touch to to arrive overland. Tip to tip. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, it's a long way. So no one had done that. In fact, a few people crossed the Atlantic to Europe before anyone thought to even try to cross to, wow. to South America. But one guy did it, or he tried, and disappeared. But nobody really knew what had happened to him. And then these rumors abounded that someone had actually spotted him crossing land in South America. And so he'd made it. But then had crash landed in some trees or something like that. And a tribe of South American, I think, indigenous peoples had seen this guy fall <laughs> from the sky and they plucked him out of the tree and treated him as a god. Oh, that's amazing. And he dude. totally embraced <laughs> it. And wasn't he wasn't seen or heard of for years and years and years and years. And then someone went like multiple expeditions went looking for him. Because the lore had grown. Oh, my God. And uh, allegedly someone, you know, thought they had run into him one day on, like, the side of the road. They saw a white guy down there. This was a time when there were very few white people down there. And they saw him. He had a big beard. And he was, you know, just sitting around chilling. They asked him if he was that guy. I think he said he was. And then I can't remember the rest of it. I don't know. This is this. The point is... Is there a part of the world where we could go to make that happen? Where we could become gods or movie stars? <laughs> and and would we do it? I think absolutely. I would, certainly. I'm potentially open to it. 
Seems a lot easier than trying to make it here. I dude, I'm Mark, actually it's way I'm too saturated. To I'm open to it. I'm actually open to it. No, I think about this. The problem is, Julio, mm. that if we go somewhere that foreign, that well, they how think, foreign? You know, where they're like immediately ready to cast us as the leads in and their stuff. massive budget, state-funded movie production. Is that what we're? Is that what we're saying? Is the case? So it's that big of a trade-off in like lifestyle. Well, I think that the likelihood that a place that foreign, I don't know, ends up killing us or eating us, right? There yeah, aren't yeah. that many untouched parts of the earth left. Okay, but but there's a. I feel like there's a, a compromise to be made. Like, what if it's a place that has a good governance and freedom of speech, and well, then and they, then they still want to cast you? They'd probably Google us and be like, "Oh, these guys weren't even shit back home. Like, we can do better." Okay, that could happen. Let's wait for Chris Hemsworth to row his boat <laughs> onto our shores, and then we'll and then we'll force him to do some movies for us. What if somehow you and I show up? I love that we're in this together in this story now. Yeah, we are. We show up together. A boys trip. <laughs> a little boys trip gone wrong. And somehow one of us charms them so incredibly that they've decided that they need that particular one of us. And then that one of us that they need, let's say it's you. Why is it only one of us? Well, because maybe it's both, but maybe it's just one. But you are so impressive to them that you bring me along. You're like, this guy is the guy. And they're like, hey, whatever you say. Yeah. Package deal. Package deal. Stand and by then, my boy. And then we convince our girls. I don't know how much convincing it would take for Hill Dog. I think she'd be open to a change. I don't even know if we can, to be honest with you, I'm not sure we can get a line home. I don't know if, I don't know oh, if they, okay. I don't know if they can hear from us. <laughs> oh, no. So then. We have to leave them behind. Yeah, that's right. Oh, God, I can't do that. I can't just go dark on my entire life. You're telling me you But can't... I hear you that in this story, that's what well, happens. What if we have to make one movie and that'll set us free? And then we... It just takes too long to make a movie. I feel like a month is enough time to completely change the trajectory of your life. Like, if you're missing for a month, that's enough time for our girls to move on, dude. What? <clears throat> I believe so. One month? We're pronounced dead at that point. They've had to move on with their lives, and per- perhaps yeah. But they don't. They don't. They are not that quick to give in. They're not that quick to give up. You're telling me one month in, Sierra's downloading Hinge. I think maybe, dude, taking the fucking pawn the engagement ring. I feel like she's a pragmatic person. I feel like she'd be like, "I love Fran, but I I need to move on." I don't know. I don't know. I our wedding is in one month. I mean, you're telling me. <laughs> you and I are taking a boys' trip to Texas. We somehow we cross accidentally through the Bermuda Triangle, which spits us out in totally the wrong de- direction. In 1925, we end up in Papua New Guinea <laughs> among a, a herd of you know fucking cannibals, and uh, they're like, "Perfect, we've been looking for someone to play the the alien gods in our movie that we're making," and we're over there, can't get a line home. We shoot this movie, we become heroes, and they're paying us in conch shell necklaces and all this kind of shit. <laughs> and uh, and the girls went back home, have no idea where we are, and we and they and, and and before our wedding date is even here, Sierra is off on dates with other guys. I think no, I think after a month goes by, it's a, maybe not specifically, but dude, I think that it's possible. Damn. I think it's possible. I told Hillary that if I die, I'd appreciate it if she put a photo of me in her home with her new husband. Wow. 
That is a tough demand and it was such a macabre thing to ask. I'd like to be remembered for as long as possible. <laughs> just, just want real estate in their relationship. I would like to have my own little shrine and I'd like to be remembered. I've told her that. You're an asshole. That's an asshole thing. I want her to move on, but I'd like to be rem- commemorated. Well, I think maybe, 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 maybe the better way is every year on your birthday, you know, they light a candle for you. That's a, I guess that's decent. But I'd prefer the then picture. Then it's not just. Then he's not looking at it as he's, you know. I would like him to. Re- I would like him to know that he wouldn't be here if I didn't die. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'd like him to remember that. You know what you should do? <laughs> you should give her the photo. This which photo? Do you you use? should buy a. You should get a photo of you and frame it. Make it huge. <laughs> Just like one of you, like giving the thumbs up, or I don't even know what it is. A really sexy, maybe a headshot. <laughs> Just one that like hang it right over the bed, and you'd be like, as long as you are alive, this hangs this here. this needs to hang over your bed. <laughs> I am the overlord. Oh, dude. Yeah, it is crazy to think about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Leaving people behind, them having to <laughs> go on with their lives. Oh, golly. Oh, golly, it's, gee. It's freaky. Yeah. It's a little freaky, dude. Mm-hmm. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, anchor, anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. Dude, you were... I was I was Boston. Oh man, it was uh, it was really great, man. It was really really. Guys drove up there. Drove up there. Did the show. Good show. Great show. Really really great show, man. What a nice uh, what a nice group. Thank you everybody who came. That was one of the most fun I've ever had. Awesome doing comedy. Hell yeah, it was great and just felt. You know when you're when the time is sort of like flying by because you're just like in the zone Mm -hmm. type of thing. It felt like like that a little bit. That's nice. It did feel like a triumph. Um, everybody else on the show did very well, which was, which was great. Yeah. You brought some, you brought some, a good team, brought a good little heavy team. hitters. Yeah. It was very solid. Uh, I had fun, man. Yeah, it was good. Nice. It was good. It was a late night, but, um, oh, wow. worth it. You know, did you come home after the show? Yeah. It was yesterday. No, I know. <laughs> That's what I'm. Yeah. Yeah. You drove home. Yeah. You guys stayed there for a while and then drove home for like an hour and chill, like met, like met everybody. There was some. I, I, nice to see the people who we saw when we did the Oop show too, mm-hmm. um, and especially people who we had like a late night with. I these t- uh, one couple in particular, I was like, we had a late night last time. They're like, oh god, we we're hoping you wouldn't remember that. I can't even <laughs> really remember what we did after those Boston shows. Where did we go? We went to uh, this like random bar that was like, it was as if they'd never have people walk in the door at twelve fifteen in the evening. Did we? Yeah, we went to a bar, had a bunch of drinks, um, and then tried to find another bar and sort of like decided that that wasn't worth it. 
and we and then we oh 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 i remember i do remember now yep i remember okay that was cool that was fun it was was, man so you guys and then you drove home what time did you get home 3 30 jesus (laughs) for the record we're recording kind of early in the morning today (laughs) this is rare for us we're we're at 10 30 and uh man i i appreciate your uh resilience Dude, that's yeah. re- impressive no no doubt dude i mean it's a, such a it's such a blessing to have to to have to, do to, that. Have to slam the schedule up, mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah uh, i don't take it for granted you know that's great dude so, good that's times, great good times. how was your weekend you guys were down there right yes down in dc uh i went down to arlington virginia man i'll tell you something it there's such a strange kind of confluence of states in that area of the world i know it's like all the rivers of Maryland, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. meet at in this one kind of smorgasbord of statehoods. And weirdly, they all have very strong identities. Right. Maryland has such an identity, such pride. There's so much Maryland pride. There's an accent, too. There's this mid-Atlantic Accent. yeah it's like whom yeah the, the baltimore yeah kinda, it's like a thing yeah it's crazy and and you know there's I, I grew up in the lacrosse world and there was such a lax bro thing from the maryland area totally of you know flip flip-flop sandals and khaki vineyard vine shorts and then a golf polo and it was like this fucking costume that all these guys wore. And I didn't know if it had been phased out. And I cannot tell you how many guys at my shows were wearing exactly that. Yeah. It hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. It has not changed. It's sort of the backyard dad barbecue tailgate, uh, you know, fucking order of business. And... um. So there's that there's the Maryland thing, there's the DC thing, there's the Virginia thing, and they're all there together. And uh, shows were great, amazing, really good crowds. I like that club a lot, the Arlington Draft House. Um, I didn't go out after any of the shows. So uh, I noticed that you were with Sierra. So uh, Sierra came down with me. We drove down on Friday, which is a lovely drive, by the way. Yeah, sound bad. Because we went we went through. Um, Delaware, mm-hmm. and then across the Chesapeake. Mm-hmm. Those are some lovely waterways. Totally, man. I, I flipped on the auto drive on the Tesla so that I could just look off the, the bridge. Wow. And I'll tell you, when you are driving past people on a bridge on a highway, and they <laughs> look over and see that you are not keeping your eyes on the road, it is troubling to them. <laughs> you have your head like in your hands. Completely sideways. Back. Yeah, just That's looking great. backwards, Whoa. looking around. Wow, look at all this water. <laughs> um but i loved that and then we got uh i she has a very very one of her closest friends lives in annapolis oh cool home to the naval academy yes uh which is a lovely place to live my god i don't think i've ever been it's really nice there's such a a, a water community there everyone has a boat or a jet ski you mm. know they all go out on the boat they all tube mm. they pick crabs they set their own crab traps oh dude i crab. used to do that i used to catch crabs Really? Yeah. My dad was really into it. Dirty boy. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty captive of local tribes making movies. Dude, it was fun. We'd we'd set up little traps and then we would catch them and then we'd make this like amazing sauce with them. 
They're crab sauce. Cool. Yeah. Where did you, in Connecticut? In Connecticut, yeah. I mean, it's not like the soft shell crabs of, you know, the mid-Atlantic region, but they're like blue crabs and they're delicious. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Um, Sierra was telling me about it and it sounded really fun, uh, you know, dipping them in butter sauce and then mm, sprinkling some Old Bay on there. Mm. Boy, oh boy, did that sound good. I was sad to have missed it. Dude, as you might imagine, I've been on a pretty big Bad Bunny kick lately. Yeah, um, I would imagine. The new imagine. album is really starting to marinate. That happens sometimes. You like your new artist, your new favorite artist, not your new favorite artist, your favorite artist will drop an album and there's like 20 songs. So it like takes a while to like for them to soak in. Yep. yep. You gotta like and get get to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's I, what I like to do a lot of the time is listen to music as I walk around the city or as I'm heading over here to record or while I'm on the train and... There's kind of no better way to do it. Throwing in headphones and my favorite headphones to do that with are Raycons. Yeah, dude. The Raycons have gotten really good. They were always good, but man, they're just really improving on their model and hitting their stride. And I absolutely love them. Yeah, man. it's re- They're really solid. Uh, you know, Eight hours of playtime, 32 hour battery life, mm. which is pretty solid. It's unbelievable. Um, and then when you need to charge, it's super easy. You can do it wirelessly. And this is a huge selling point in my opinion, but with Raycons, you get the same quality audio as other premium audio brands. But they're half as they're half as expensive. Yeah, which, they're at a really good price point uh, for such a high quality e- earbud. I wear them to work out, uh, and they they are really solid. They stay in my ear even as yeah. I'm pounding away on the treadmill. It's big, and I'm a pounder. You, pound, you know, pound. I'm not I'm not running on light feet. Pound town. I'm I'm trying to shake the whole room. Shake to that let thing. Everyone is. else working out know <laughs> that they're doing an inferior job. <laughs> To motivate them through sheer force of will. Can I ask you a question about that song? About Shake? That Hillary pointed something out to me that is funny. That part at the end, Donna, Donna, then he goes, she says that he says, Tori and Rebecca. Is that what he's saying? I I wouldn't know a single word that Shauna Paul says. <laughs> so make us that in. I'd have to read the uh, genius lyrics breakdown of, of his songs yeah. because I couldn't decipher a single lyric. Great. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, we we made no progress there, but it was a fun discussion. <laughs> Check out Raycon's wireless earbuds. Uh, my guess is that you're going to want to leave them a five-star review as well. Go to buyraycon.com slash oops today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon. Raycon is spelled R-A-Y-C-O-N. Buyraycon.com slash oops to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash oops. Is, is the Citadel in Annapolis? I don't know that it is. I don't think um, it is. So the Naval Academy is there? Naval Academy is okay. there. And so well, it's it's a you know got to be one of the safest places to live in America, <laughs> right? There's just military outposts everywhere. And then, uh, you know, you... That, that's So that was really cool. So she stayed there. I went and saw my sister. Okay. Who lives in... Uh, the suburbs of DC. Where where? Chevy Chase. Okay, yeah. Maryland, right? Yeah. And yeah. stayed with them. They just moved down there not too long ago and, you know, really cool to see the home they are building and have built and are just kind of working on and their lives there and uh catch up with them and, and see my niece. Loved that. Nice. Um and was just super comfortable and then went and did the shows and then drove back to their house, spent all of Saturday with them, went and did the shows again. Uh, and then came back and crashed at their house. And it was like a, a totally different road weekend for me. It was nice. a visit to my sister and her family that I just happened to have comedy shows at night with. That's great. Yeah. And then yesterday we drove home, which took quite a long time because the, the traffic was pretty bad. Mm. Uh, and, that, and it was 102 degrees. That's what Damn. it read on the Damn. car 
uh, temperature gauge. Damn. 102. It's hot. Does that not scare you? Uh, I don't know. Not really. Uh, the European heat wave scared me a little bit because of how unusual it is. But I feel like every time late July comes around, people act like it isn't like it's unusual that it's hot. I'm Bro, like, 102? 102 is hot, but it's also like the car thing, which means it wasn't actually 102. Is that right? Yeah. It's like the, it measures it in a different way. Like it'll be hotter because it's like the sun beating down directly on the road and the tires measuring the heat or something. I, I have see. no fucking idea how it works, but it doesn't reflect the actual temperature. I gotta. I feel bad for the tires of the car, because I know that if I were w- walking along that highway in bare feet, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, "Oh yeah, ah, big time." Ah, ah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like ca- crossing a hot beach times a hundred, <laughs> and it's the car is just on that hot beach for yeah. two hundred and fifty miles. Yeah, it's something. hot, dude. That's fucking hot. It's crazy, dude. I always used to hate playing tennis against those teams against like west point or against wherever because they would always beat us they were always such gracious yeah, fair yeah they're ambassadors they're of just America. ambassadors of the fucking world like yeah they're the they're most incredible people i've ever met and they're just so superior in every facet of life including tennis and it was a tough pill to swallow getting smoked by those guys and they look you in the eye and tell you it was a great match at the end well you know what you can you know how you get back at them is you say (laughs) something like good luck yeah right (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna sell all your tennis secrets to the north koreans they'll learn how to beat you uh no you uh you get back at them during the match you should talk by saying yeah enjoy your five years of mandatory service that you signed up for <laughs> wonder how you feel about that choice now you you bum good luck making a, a government military salary while i'm off making more than that probably in india yeah exactly <laughs> oh dude that's funny um, um but that's great man yeah i love the idea of i've tried to be good about that as I've been kind of, you know, bopping around a little bit doing comedy, trying to really utilize the time with ever the people who I know, like with whoever I know the best who lives in the area, spending time with them, going to do stuff, catching up with people, changing the routine. It's a nice thing. Totes. 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 It's great. Totes. Some good people in all parts of the world. We had some really cool. Let me tell you something, by the way. So, you know, I go out uh, into the, crowd a little bit after the show i'd say hi to some people and everyone everyone says i'm a big fan of of the podcast which is really nice to hear Mm -hmm. and then they always tell me how much they love you and then they were really telling me how much they loved your netflix special that's really nice julio just killed it on that netflix that's so nice of them man yeah man tell them i'm pretty oh i appreciate it guys who said that yeah, since you're allegedly fans of the pod, uh, hopefully we'll hear this. We had some awesome, uh, awesome fan who invited me. I, I've been getting these golf invites a lot. Amazing, and uh, I was very <laughs> torn. I was very torn <laughs> because I got this amazing golf invite to play the Army Navy course. Wow, which is a sick private. Wow. It's in Annapolis. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's in Annapolis. It's around there though. Okay. okay. Um. It's in Arlington. Okay. It's in Arlington. It's very close to the club. And really, really amazing course. You have to have been a member of the armed services to be a member there. Uh, and it's I've always wanted to play it. I got the invite, but I felt like I had to 
you know, I was there. I was really there to spend time with my my sister and our, mm-hmm. our family. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do feel like I made the right call because I wanted to really spend time with my niece and stuff. Yeah. But boy, turning down a, a round of golf like that is just, yeah, ugh, just cut, cuts my dick off. It's got to be tough. Uh. <laughs> oh, I know that sound. Hangobi, baby. That's the sound of someone who's about to turn their brain back to its highest operating power. Dude, this is my favorite beverage. My fridge is filled with them at all times. And it's so comforting opening it and seeing this Hangobi hand emerging from the ground. Hangobi is this you know, interesting kind of acquired taste where I say I liked it from the get-go. But then with each sip and each can that I drink, I like it more. Yeah, no, it's true. I'm really humming on my yeah. love for Hangobi. It's delicious. You know what this hand reminds me of? Speaking of like cool sculptures in DC, um, it reminds me of, have you ever seen the thing Awakenings? It's this man emerging from the ground. To me, it looked as if he, were, he was sinking. Mm. But in fact, he's emerging. Mm. Uh, and it's this giant, it's a giant, awesome set. It's this huge hand. Anyway, this hand reminds me of Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of a hand emerging from a grave. <laughs> Some sort of tales from the crypt. Right. M- zombie-powered thing. But <laughs> Altered beasts rise from yeah. your grave. It's the herbal elixir for recovery. That's the way. We love it. L-theanine is the active ingredient that everyone's raving about. Uh, of course, it also has lemon, cayenne, and blood orange. It's a nice, kind of prickly, lovely, effervescent taste uh that is definitely good for kind of recovering from hangovers but you can also mix it with a little bit of a cocker spaniel oh yeah a little vodka a little gin in there we've been getting a lot of positive feedback about that if you want to drink it virgin or if you want to spice it up either way we recommend drinking it over a big fat ice cube yeah um and just enjoying yourself filled with all the good stuff a health drink like no other mm-hmm. right now you can go to hangobi.com use promo code oops i'm hung that's right. You're hung. Oops, I'm hung. No apostrophe in the I'm. O-O-P-S-I-M-H-U-N-G. You'll get 30% off of your order. Fill your fridge up. Enjoy yourself. You need some hangobies. You're going to love them. Here's something that happened. You ready there. for this? Uh-huh. This was tough. <laughs> During the show, I think it was the first show or maybe the second show, I was telling a joke, one of my jokes, my favorite joke that I tell. By the way... I love that I got a full scouting report. People love to report when wrongs are are delivered to Francis, or I'm sure vice versa. <laughs> Someone was like, you'll never believe what happened tonight. I, so I got a full scouting report of the okay. story beforehand, which I thought was a fun thing to add. Here. I'll tell it to the, the crowd anyway at home. No, no, no. I, I, I no, I get like it. You already, you've already you already heard it. You don't really want to hear <laughs> no, it again? No, okay. I haven't. I haven't old news for I Julia. haven't heard your story, side of the story yet. I've only heard... What was reported? Like guy gets one role in a North Korean movie. <laughs> all of a sudden, he doesn't need to hear stuff on the podcast firsthand. It's like, okay, buddy, good luck getting home. You know. All right, continue. All right, um, fucking <laughs> JFK PT one hundred nine stranded on an island with his you know coconut shell. Mayday, mayday. Do you know the story, by the way, of JFK? No. Do, do people know what he did? No. JFK was a proper <laughs> war hero. Really? Yeah. I do not know the story at all. Like beyond belief hero. I had no idea. Okay, so here let me tell this first because okay. it <laughs> bears mentioning in light of what we've talked about. 
So John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy, the son of Joe Kennedy, mm-hmm. who was a little people controversial, but mm-hmm. John F. Kennedy. So he was, you know, in the Pacific during World War II, and he was, uh, I think, he was the commander of a PT-109 boat, which were sort of these smaller gunships that were pretty uh, maneuverable. Like, you know, they could, you could have tubed behind one. <laughs> You probably could have tubed or wake surfed or water skied behind one. So, um, you know, they're going through these small islands in in the Pacific and they got I think they got shelled by another boat or they or they got torpedoed by a submarine or they might have even actually rammed another boat. Okay, Uh, And I think he made the decision to do that. The point is their boat sank. So John F. Kennedy's boat sank. Yeah, their boat sank. And. You know, a bunch of guys got injured. He was injured. I think he had, uh, well, no, he was. I don't know if he was injured that much yet, but there was a guy on his boat who was injured and couldn't swim. So John F. Kennedy tied uh, life jackets around him and created sort of a flotilla for him, put the straps of the life jacket in his teeth, and then swam... The oh whole god. crew swam ashore, and he was like pulling people. Oh my god! Pulling a guy, and they had to swim a long way. Like they were a long way from the nearest island. Well, that's insane. And then, at night, they were stranded on this beach, and he knew they were going to run out of food, water. They didn't have much. So at night, he would walk into the water, and then swim out into the channel to try to hail a passing American ship. Oh wow. So he they did were this, like, like lost. They were yeah. on an He island. did this like two or three nights in a row. And he, it was like a, a mile that he swam out. Jesus. And he was just treading water in the dark out out there waiting for boats, trying to hail one. Three nights in a row, no luck. Finally, he's like, all right, this this isn't going well. So what they did was they managed to find a local fisherman or something who was going by in a canoe. And the fishermen, somehow they communicated and learned that there was a radio tower some miles away. And Kennedy, I think, went with that guy and carved into a the husk of a coconut, SOS, like a message, Whoa. a message to uh, Morse code out to American lines where their location was and for them to get rescued. And the guy got the message to the radio tower. The Americans came and found them and rescued them. And Kennedy kept the husk of that coconut shell on his desk in the Oval Office once no he became president. Way. That's wild, dude. I yeah. had no idea. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. You love to hear about that kind of shit. It's 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 pretty amazing. And it's amazing how you can miss it. You know what I mean? Like I ne- how have I never heard that? You know? It's crazy to me. Yeah, because I wonder if he campaigned with that story at all. Well, I think it was known certainly how much of a war hero he was mm-hmm. um but dude yeah like proper badass yeah against the odds leader war hero wow yeah i didn't like even the john mccain story i never knew till i watched the ken burns documentary it's nuts which is amazing by the way the ken burns <clears throat> vietnam documentary i think it's like nine parts or something yeah. it's phenomenal it's really good i found it a little a little heavy i, I just a little dense you know it's, it is it's very dense but yeah. it's like but it's it's if you've ever sort of been like, ah, I guess I don't really know the specific specifics about Vietnam. I just like know about it kind of mm-hmm. and you're interested in it. It's a good watch. It's definitely dense. But yeah. um, that's so crazy, dude. 
So <laughs> back, back to, to the show. And by the way, if I'm Kennedy, I'm I'm staying on that beach until I get that movie. But <laughs> point is, point is, we uh, I'm in Arlington, second show or maybe the first show. I think it was the second show. Telling a joke. It's a long joke, and unfortunately, you know, I've posted a clip of this joke on Instagram, but um. I tell it differently now. It has the same last punchline, mm-hmm. but I've added a lot to it. I've mixed it up. So I don't feel shame in continuing to tell it because it's it's amorphous. It's it's changed. It's evolved. And I don't think it's just total trodden ground for mm-hmm. the audience, even if they've seen it. And most people who have seen it just play along. They're like, oh, yeah, it's... Oh, I've heard this one. I like this one. Yeah. Or, or like, <laughs> oh, I know where this is going. And they uh, laugh anyway. Oh, oh you're going to love this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling the joke. It's probably my favorite joke I've ever written. And I get to the punchline. I pause. And a girl yells out the punchline. And you could feel instantly all of the oxygen gets sucked out of the room. Oh, yeah. It's a bummer. I I hate that. Yeah, it's a terrible moment. What do you do? I don't know. What are you supposed to do? I don't know. I I don't know. I I probably don't handle that situation well in general. I usually like don't escalate it. I'll be like, I don't know. Or I'll pretend they didn't do that and then I'll still say it. Or something. I'm sure that this situation was it much was more it was so clear, you know? Yeah. It, it, there it's not as though the punchline has to be said in some cartoonish animated way that only I can mm-hmm. master. It's mm-hmm. Just words, three words, and she nailed it. Yeah. You know, she just had it dead to rights. Mm -hmm. Like she was yelling out the answer to a trivia question at a bar, a trivia bar. It's a crazy thing to do. That's that's exactly what it's like, by the way. Right. Like everyone's here to have a good time. We all get it. Everyone's playing by the rules. And then some spoil sport just comes in and yells. Yells it out. The answer to a trivia question. Yeah, that's annoying, man. Was it what happened? Uh, I I, kind of, I think I was like, oh, why'd you do that? (laughs) I was like, well, you know, come on now. That's no fun. You've ruined it. (laughs) You've ruined that joke for everyone else. And I was, I was bummed. Mm -hmm. And then that was replaced by anger. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I was like, what's your name? And she said her name was Rosie. And I said, Rosie? More like nosy. <laughs> which got like a tepid, uh, <laughs> I guess we're back to your comedy show. <laughs> Laugh. And then I said, and by nosy, I mean, and I called her a very bad name. <laughs> a very bad name, which made people really laugh. Oh, okay. Well. Um, and, yeah. but then I felt bad. For calling her that name, you know, because maybe she just can't help herself and she's excited. You know what I mean? It's sort of like singing along to a song you like at a concert. I don't know. Right. Right. She was wrong, but perhaps not. But perhaps she was just like, "Ah, I know this one. I'm so excited. Ah. I I love Francis. Yeah. And so I said, "Okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then she started talking again. And was like, I did my homework. I've seen these jokes, oh, God. and that's when I realized that she was not a nice person. 
that mm. she had known what she was doing. Mm. She was just submarining the whole thing. She was P one oh nine ing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. P T one oh nine. Um, <laughs> and then I said, Oh, then I take back my take back. <laughs> you are what I thought you were. <laughs> And dude, I kept going. I then flipped onto autopilot a little bit where I just went back to my jokes and started pick the act back up. But I'm telling the next five to 10 minutes of jokes, seething, mm. seething under the uh, guise of, of having composure. And I just, I don't know what to do. And, and, you know, you can't kick someone out for one error like that. But God almighty, it just, it really rub me the wrong way yeah yeah it's a dude audience participation is such a conflicting thing because there is no audience participation unless you are you know inviting it. unless you're inviting it specifically don't participate however my instinct a lot of the time is to just de-escalate because usually and this is a more extreme situation in general i try i try to be like how can i get out of this without having it ruin the show. So whether it's somebody yelling out a punchline, somebody having too much fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. That one he did. That, yeah, that, yeah. 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 He did that one. I love him. Yeah. He did it. You know, like that, <laughs> dude, that thing is terrible, but like uh-huh. it's hard. Cause that guy loves you so much. And yeah, like yeah. you don't want to fucking, you know, no, no, you don't. So it's just, it, it is a tough thing. Um, but then sometimes if they challenge you, you gotta, you gotta get them, you know? And that's uh-huh. not, that's not necessarily fun. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the and, and and the other thing is that in this new era of posting clips of your stand up to build your following and thus grow your ticket sales, you know, it, it's a question of well, if I've posted a clip of that joke, am I no longer allowed to tell that joke anymore? Right, right, right. Is that right. have I burned that? Totally. Um, and that's why so many comics you see only post crowd work clips. And it's funny. I had that thought. I mean, this is a new concept to me because for 95% of my career, I'm performing for people who have no idea who I am. So (laughs) posting a joke on Instagram would never have affected that because no one knows me, knows who I am. So they'll be hearing that joke for the first time up until recently in Mm -hmm. my life. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and even when I did the show in Boston, I did, I told a joke that I had posted at one point. And as I began to tell it, I did sense that there were people in the crowd who had the reaction that we would prefer, which is like, oh, this one. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Which is what you want. They're not, oh, God. Right. Here we go. I, I have no problem. <laughs> I, I have no problem hearing jokes again. I I've grew up listening to comedy albums, and I remember listening to them multiple times. Which one? Is there one in particular? Yeah, I used to listen to Raw by Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all the time. And then I would listen to Lewis Black all the time. Mitch uh, Hedberg was the one that I listened to. Yeah, and, and Seinfeld had an early stand-up album that we used to listen to in the car. And I loved hearing them again and yeah, sort of mastering same, the act same. myself. And I would laugh multiple times at the same joke. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Didn't totally. bother me. Yeah. No, I feel you. You're right about that. It's not like a a magician doing a trick that you already know the answer to for some reason. I don't don't think it's like that. It's closer to hearing a song that you like again. It's definitely closer to that than a magic trick for sure. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's interesting, man. Guys, as we enter the dog days of summer, 
We here at Oops the Podcast really recommend that you get some rule of threads and add it to your wardrobe. R-O-T, come dress me. <laughs> uh, man, some of the finest men's apparel, so versatile, so comfortable, can wear it for literally any occasion. Um, you can wear them to bed, you can wear them to work out, you can wear them to a meeting. Uh, they fit really nicely and they will make you look good and feel confident. I'm currently wearing one of the uh, blue t-shirts. It's just a, it's a nice little it's color. It's automatic, man. You get snatched instantly. You snatched. You're, you become <laughs> a snatched person. Clean, simple, premium menswear basics. Too. Yeah. That's what hype. it's all about. Hype as hell. We Good love Rule fit. of Threads. Good fit. We love Rule of Threads. You guys can go to ruleofthreads.com and use promo code oops, oops for 15% off of your order. That's right. Ruleofthreads.com, promo code oops. You'll get 15% off. We love it. We swear by it. It's pretty much all that Julio and I wear at this point in our lives. So follow us and uh, enjoy your new fits. So, yeah. So, anyway, had a good time down there. Um, I'll tell you what, man. I, I, I find myself... This is, this, this is the only city that this happens in, Washington, D.C., and I've talked to you about this before. But I find myself you know, driving around and all of a sudden... You're passing a site that is so iconic. I know. And you're like, that's where that is? <laughs> I passed, I was driving through the Arlington Cemetery. Oh my God, incredible. To get to the, the comedy club. And I passed the incredible statue of the soldiers leaning against each other at Iwo Jima, hoisting the flag up. Mm -hmm. What's the name of that one? I don't know. And every time I see that, I'm like, is that even the one? Because it's so, it's like such a powerful, yeah, right. reproduced thing. And it's humongous. Yeah, it's I huge. had no idea how big it was. The, the Arlington Cemetery is amazing. The Arlington Cemetery. I, I said at the show, I was like, I want to be buried here more than anything. Yeah. How much, you know, how many movies in North Korea would we have to make <laughs> to get buried in their version of the Arlington Cemetery? <laughs> Um, yeah dude it's uh it's pretty special it's cool there's you're right man and there's for me too licking my chops there's an endless amount of national park registry yeah sites there endless and there's some that have like 10 beneath their umbrella right there's so many good ones uh and yeah i don't know is there any other ones that stood out to you is no that was because that the last time i was there which wasn't too long ago i went to the Lincoln Memorial mm -hmm. and I went to walk to the, the mall and went to the air and space museum. And, you know, I've said this before, but my God, if you're feeling down on America and feeling like we're particularly divided and you're headed for civil war, whatever, and, and <laughs> just like losing a little bit of faith in, in the stars and stripes, go to, go to Washington DC and sightsee. Right. It will bolster your sense of civic pride, your belief in our national ideals, your sense of, of the grandeur of the kind of founding and togetherness of this country. Uh, because it, I mean, all of these are sites, certainly in D.C. as compared to elsewhere, are all a testament to how the country was built. Mm -hmm. And the incredible uh, sort of adversity that we faced and the divisions we've come through and... Um, I don't know. Just makes you realize, like, oh, we've we've had tougher moments than this, and we've come through them. 
Totally. And we've endured. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's very restorative, I found. I did. I couldn't agree more. It's great. Um, and yeah, every corner there's something memorable. Yeah. A really cool, well thought out, sick monument um, or whatever. You yeah. know, it's, uh, yeah, very solid. Cool city. Great city. Really hot. Yeah, it's a tough time of year, though. There's a tennis tournament there that starts, I believe, this week, actually. Maybe next week. Hmm. Um, I think next week. The, yeah, the city open, and it's just like the hottest fucking tournament of the year. God, oh my. It's like a really tough playing conditions. I can't even imagine. Dude. They start the matches later in the day, I think, because of it. I think they start at like 4 o'clock. It seems downright unsafe. Yeah, yeah. So hot, so humid. Yeah. Tough. Gee, there was a moment this week where I it occurred to me that I had only worn bird dog shorts six days in a row. <laughs> I had not put a different thing on my legs <laughs> for six straight days. It's a lot of bird dogging. Yeah, I mean, what happens is, you know, I throw on a pair, I go about my day, and then I go to the gym and I just keep wearing them because they have the built-in beautiful underwear liner, which is perfect for working out. Totally. They're great workout shorts. Cooling. I work out in them. I take them off. I throw them in the laundry. I shower. And then I put on another pair of bird dog shorts for lounging at night. <laughs> and then I, I legitimately just live in bird dog shorts. Do you even own underwear anymore? I do, but they're gathering dust. <laughs> they're getting dusty and cobwebby. And that's the beauty of bird dogs. They truly do make underwear obsolete. That's right. They move with you. They are so comfortable. They are the short of summer, of fall, spring. <laughs> and you can wear them in the winter, too, if you want. Uh, we live and die by the bird dog shorts. They also have great uh, T-shirts, obviously, and uh, phenomenal pants and joggers and sweatpants and stuff like that. So go to birddogs.com. Use promo code BANANA, and you're going to get a dad hat with your order birddogs.com check out all the different types of shorts they have trust me it's never too late to get them for the summer you're gonna love them birddogs.com promo code banana all right what else you got going on um well dude one thing i wanted to say that i think was interesting at my show um the guys who i brought with me were like so impressed by how nice the group of people at the show were yeah and that's we have a, really nice fans. That's a really nice thing. What a nice thing that is. Yeah. You know, you can hang out after the show. It's like chilling with a big group of pals. It's not weird at all. They're like-minded and professional landed people. They have good manners. They have good social skills. A lot of our fans are, are, are couples, you know? I, I think couples. people in, in good relationships, good ideals. <laughs> yeah. Fine citizens. Just fine, yeah, just fine citizens. You know what I mean? And uh, it's a nice thing. It's a great thing. Don't take it for granted. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's fine, man. Whereas your buddies are accustomed to doing shows for mongrels. <laughs> I mean... Just, urchins. Just, yeah, like I think just hearing their reaction just reminded me that it's not necessarily the case for everybody, you know, mm -hmm. sure and it's right. nice. And you hear these stories about performers just doing their thing and not liking their fans. And like, that just sounds oh, shitty to me. Yikes. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, Oh, he was known for this and he hated it type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, which mm -hmm. is a nice thing about doing stand up, doing a podcast. It's like, you are really being yourself as opposed to like, you know, if I get cast as Highlander, and now everybody wants me to be Highlander. Yeah. Do that thing, Highlander. Oh, man, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, that must get old eventually. Showing up at Comic-Con. Yeah, you show up and dressed in a cloak. Yeah. You're signing autographs and, like, speaking in the fake language. <laughs> 
Like, that's so shitty, dude. You know what I mean? Saying a tagline. I'm, I'm glad we don't have some sort of podcast convention where we have to set up a booth <laughs> and, and fans wander around some big expo center and, you know, go from their pod, favorite podcast to favorite podcast. Dude, careful, bro. That could totally become a thing. I know. <laughs> The pod convention, 75 live pods happening at once. (laughs) That sounds fucking crazy, dude. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, yeah. So it's good. Dude, so actually, I thought of something before. When you were talking about the story about the woods, about the trees and the invasive species and Mm -hmm. stuff, I don't know if this is connected, but I've heard this. I've heard that, like, if there are two trees standing there next to each other, if one tree becomes infested with some sort of invasive species or some tree disease or whatever, it will sort of, in its own tree way, tell the tree next to it, "I'm being, I've been breached. I'm sick." And the tree, yes, the tree next to it will like up its immune system, and it will not be, it will not be get preyed upon. No way. Yeah, trees communicate. Wow, isn't that fucking crazy? It sounds like something out of, uh, you know, Lord out, of the Rings, right? Yeah, I was gonna say the, uh, what's the one that James Cameron did? Avatar. avatar. Yeah, it's like an Avatar thing. Wild, dude. That's really cool. Yeah. Also, it's happening right now in New York City. Um, It's like fall again wherever their trees are because it's so hot out that the trees are shedding their like lower layers so that it requires less water for the trees to survive. So that's why there's leaves everywhere. Holy smokes. Yeah. Holy smokes. Wild, dude. Yeah, we came home and our our plants are just just dying, man. They're not happy. It makes me sad. Dude, I have one plant, and I love that fucking thing. Dude. Love, love it. I love him. We it's call a weird thing. I, I love plant. I love our plants. I love our plants. Like he's a. We call him the plant boy. <laughs> Your plant is called the plant boy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And literally text me, did you feed the plant boy? And I'll say yes. And then we'll be sitting on the couch, and I'll look at him, and I'll go, dude, look at that boy. Uh, he's a good boy. That plant boy. It's so funny because all of our plants are feminine. Really? Yeah, she needs some water. Ah, I like that. It's like they're like boats. <laughs> boats are always feminine for boats some reason. Boats are always she. Yeah, and you've got male plants. Yeah, the plant you boy. Plants just constantly whipping their dicks out and <laughs> lifting weights. Dude, the plant boy is very well fed, and he's beginning to grow leaves that we had never seen before. That's cool. Which is pretty cool. I want to yeah. set up a time lapse camera on him. Ah. Uh, he's starting to grow maybe too big for his britches. We're going to have to figure out. What we should to do, do a plant play date. That Your would be boy fun. and our girl. They do say that plants uh do well when they're talked to. You got all you got is all these true? you got all these facts about plants. I pulled that out of my ass. That might just be like an orchid thing. Yeah, it they sounds like something you're exciting from a Dr. Seuss poem. <laughs> These are these are child childhood fa- plant facts. The plant boy, dude. Plants talk to each other. It's like the giving tree or something. <laughs> I don't know. Someone needs to fact check. Ryan, we're going to need some facts about all these uh, weird communicative properties of plants. Julio. <laughs> dude, we I went to uh, order breakfast today, and um, I walked to the counter, and there was a woman there who usually works at the register, and there's usually a guy at the counter who makes the food, and I order it from him. So I stood there for a second. She goes, what do you need? And I was like, I'm just waiting for the guy. Oh. And she goes, I'm the guy. Wow. Meaning like, I know what you mean, but today I am filling that role. And I was like, I didn't mean it like that. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the plant boy. I didn't. I didn't mean that you're the plant boy. <laughs> 
So I'm like, no, no, like I, I just, he's always here. I didn't mean like, I didn't think you could do it. Obviously I know I didn't, I didn't say that like only a man can make the food. It's food. Like anybody can make food. And she was like, I know what you meant, but that's fine. Yeah. I am fine with that. She was cool about it. Because she (laughs) didn't die on her sword. Yeah, yeah. She didn't martyr herself for your accidental, you know, statement, which which is fine. Because most people can discern when someone is being, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, when when you are just being an idiot. The difference between like, oh... No, I'm just waiting for the person that I typically talk to, too. Yes. I'm waiting for a man <laughs> to fulfill my you're the job. I don't want someone like you. That only a man could do. Who's incapable of handing <laughs> me my sandwich. Yeah. Dude, that's so funny. Um, okay. All right. So let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Do you spend a lot of time in the car with Hill Dog? Yeah, we, we do really well in the car. Except when we're going to the Hamptons. We get no fight every time we go to the Hamptons, including this weekend. Now, what <laughs> what starts those fights? I, I think it's like a thing where we are not fully in control of our own destiny. We're just staying with people and dif- differences in how we want the weekend to go, what we want to do. Um, it just kind of like creates anxiety that turns into us bickering. And we'll joke about it. Like we'll be in the midst of our fight. And it's typically on the way there that the fight begins, regardless of our mode of transportation. We had a car this weekend. It was great. Um, but we, you know, we, and then we'll be like, this is our fight, which usually de-escalates it a bit. That's good. Um, and her sister was there um, house sitting and I was staying with who I usually stay with. And I just assumed she was staying with me, but she had planned to stay with her sister on Thursday and I hadn't seen her much. And I became very sensitive and needy immediately. The same way I might when we're <laughs> discussing my upcoming death. <laughs> and, and placing a photo of myself over the bed. Um, I was like, what do you mean? You're not staying with me tonight. So I like, turned it into this whole thing and then like, you know, whatever. Um, but otherwise we do very well in the car. Okay, good, <laughs> good. Yeah, you know, we we have spent so much time in the car lately. Uh, just an inordinate amount of time. And I think a car ride can be both a stress cooker but also a peaceful time. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of it depends. So for us, you know, the tricky part is always, the, the start is always hard because I care so much about beating traffic, getting out of the house at mm-hmm. the right time. Mm-hmm. And invariably we don't, mm-hmm. especially if we're going somewhere for a, a sizable amount of time. There's difficult things that need to be put in order, making sure Kojai is squared away, packing mm-hmm. all of this and, you know, it, it just it just the the pushing off from the dock is a stressful moment and if we don't push off correctly we're yeah. starting off on the wrong foot how does she do with not leaving at the optimal time and like, i am never the problem <laughs> wait i thought you but i thought you said you're the one who cares about it i care but she cares more no i care <laughs> and i'm in the car at the right time, and she is ah, I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. No, but so my point being, my point being, not whether or not who is the person who stops it from stops you from leaving at the right time. How does she deal with being on the road, stuck in traffic? Does she care? You're saying once we're on the once we're once out you there, fa- once you failed to leave at the proper time, yeah. 
How does she handle that? For the record, she wouldn't be stressed about that if not for me being grouchy about it. Right, right. So then you are in a bad mood, which then makes her because. And the reason I'm in a bad mood is because I do the lion's share of the driving. Okay. By the way, when you and Hill Dog drive, how do you how do you do it? I drive ninety nine point five percent of the time. The point five percent of the time where I did not drive, she drove in Arizona for an hour and a half. Immediately after she started driving, a guy passed us and flipped her off, and she went. <laughs> that's virtually the only time she's ever driven uh-huh. when we drive she's a, ca- a, a competent driver but i just don't mind driving yeah i don't either and i just end up driving yeah so yeah that's you always drive pr- pretty much uh when we go to maine we'll she'll take an hour and a half in the middle and then i'll and, okay. and then yeah. i'll finish us off i gotta be honest growing up i always found it shocking and weird when my parent, my friend's parents would roll up and the mom was the driver. I know that that's not right, but I've always been sus about that, dude. Look I've been at like, little What's going antiquated view, views, Julio. <laughs> yeah. Should be a man driving that car, that's God damn right. it. I'm not going to soccer practice with, with your mom behind the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> you out of your mind? Find a man to drive us that 12 minutes to the park. So uh-uh. Hillary says, and I don't know, and I'm not trying to fucking virtue signal. I don't know if this would even count as virtue signal or to my own horn, but she says that I do really well in transit. Uh, so that, that's good. For, and I, I think I would typically agree with that. I don't mind being in the car. Yeah. I, I kind of like it. Uh, we, we, we do pretty well in the car. I, I was going to no. say we, we do do well in the car. I would say some of our bigger arguments also tend to happen in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but, we reconcile because there's just so much time and you're in the same cabin together and you have to, yeah, you have to figure it out. Um, uh, but then, you know, we, we get to our place. I can, you had a question that I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was about, okay. How does, how does Sierra handle, uh, you know, just like a dense travel day. If like you're going 80 miles and for some reason that's going to take two and a half hours. Like, how does that feel for her? What is it? I think that was the question. Yeah, so she's pretty good. She's definitely our soothing presence in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. But <laughs> but you know, here's here's something, dude, that I realized, which is we don't really listen to music that often. Okay, we just talk the whole time, which I think that's is nice. good. That's nice. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, because it means we can just pass a lot of time just talking to each other. And then I get to the uh, the reality of I get to the reality of relationships, which I th- maybe I've said this before, but if people are you know wondering how do I know if I've found the one, I think that what I've stumbled upon is who is the person that you can spend all of the time with and not be sick of it. Mm. Meaning just, like for partner selection? Just so endless time. Yeah. Endless time. Day in, day out. And it doesn't drag and it's not boring or annoying. And it's not it doesn't have to be sparks flying necessarily in each thought that you share with each other. But just gentle passing of the time, you know, hour after hour on the road or night after night whatever mm-hmm. if you can just 
enjoy that person's company forever. <laughs> yeah. For just this endless highway of conversation. That's a really good sign that you found a, a wonderful person to spend your life with. Agreed. That's dude. how I yeah. feel. That's nice. It's a nice thing. Yeah. Chopping it up. Mm-hmm. You know, with your mm-hmm. pal and lover. Yeah. You know? You know, Sierra's, Sierra's gotten really funny. Hillary's always been funny. Sierra's gotten funnier. I'm going to take some credit for it. <laughs> she cracks jokes now the way that a comedian does. <laughs> She's got some singers. She tags things. Mm. You know? She adds these things. Yeah, I see And it. then when I laugh and I tell her that was funny, that is better... That makes her feel better than if I tell her she's like beautiful uh, nice. or successful or that I respect her. It, me, she's like that means the most to me. That's really nice, dude. She's had a good couple, a couple of good puns. She's, so, that you, she's funny. That you told me about. Yeah. yeah, she is. Yeah, I love it, man. It's great. You just love to coming see along, it. work love, in progress. Love to see it. Next thing you know, she'll be doing open mics, and then we'll break up. <laughs> That'll be the end of that. That'll be that. Mm-hmm um awesome all right well before we bring her home why don't we uh tap our pal over here in the corner for some facts with ryan are they lying are they lying facts with ryan are they lying <laughs> all right so <laughs> that's fucking good we covered a lot today we did we so did. Let's start from the top uh one u.s dollar is worth 79.8 rupees so <laughs> uh you can get a maid or a chef i think for much cheaper out there. Nice. Love it. Uh, North Korea. The documentary, Julio, you were talking about was called Crossing the Line. Yes. 2006. You can rent it on Amazon for $2.99. <laughs> One of the Americans that uh, became an actor in North Korea was Charles Robert Jenkins. He starred in a film titled 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. Wow. Okay. Uh, the Citadel name. is in Charleston, got South it, Carolina. Got it, got it, got it. Car temperatures. Cars actually have a thermistor. In them, so they're not completely accurate because they calculate the temperature based off of the re-radiated heat from road surface. Got it. Okay. Whoa. Uh, JFK, just a fun fact, his grandfather was Patrick Joseph Kennedy. He's a <laughs> senator in Massachusetts. Oh, well, well, well. Uh, Iwo Jima statue was the victory flag statue. Okay. Trees okay. do communicate. They do send distress <laughs> signals to one another if they're being attacked by bacteria insects anything like that they do communicate and then for talking to plants a study uh has shown that uh talking to your plants can really help them grow faster they also found that plants grow faster to the sound of a female voice instead of the over the sound of a male voice Ah, they also like music all right next time i'll be like hey little girl am i Uh, Ryan, thank you. Very comprehensive and thorough, yeah. as always. Cool. Yeah. What do you say we take her home? Take it home. Take me home, country road. Uh, what do we got? <laughs> you got anything coming up? Uh, no, I'm in New Orleans on August 20th. Um, I think Laugh House is what it's called. Nice. Um, not pa- I, for- I forget the name. Something involving laugh. Uh, it's on my website. Uh, then I have some some fun stuff coming up in the fall, too. What about you? That's great. I uh, I definitely have some things coming up. I have... Let's see here. I have on August 4th, I've got Jersey City, and August 10th, I'm in Red Bank, New Jersey. Both times with Little Sass from Barstool Sports. Tickets for that are available at FrancisEllis.com. And thank you guys for listening to Oops! The Podcast. We'll be back on Thursday. 